Hello and welcome. My name is Pastor Shane Britt, and it is such an honor to have you join our podcast today. I pray that you will find something uplifting and encouraging in the word you are about to hear. Also, please feel free to connect with us via Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. I'm so excited about what you're about to hear. Let's dive right into the Word of God. Verse number 11. Luke chapter 17, verse number 11. And it came to pass as he went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered into a, somebody say, a certain village, there met him ten men that were lepers, which stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said unto them, Go show yourselves unto the priest. And it came to pass that as they went, and it came to pass as they went, when they heard the instruction and obeyed what he said, as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back and with a loud voice glorified God, fell down on his face at his feet, giving thanks. And he was an outcast. He was a Samaritan. He wasn't supposed to be getting the miracles. He not only was a leper, he was a Samaritan. And Jesus answered him, Were not there ten cleansed? But where are the nine? There are not found that return to give God glory or give glory to God. Save God. He just called him a stranger. And he said unto him, Arise, go thy way. Thy faith hath made thee whole. I, God's got a word for this church today. God's got a word for a family, for an individual, that when you leave, you're going to have something to carry home with you. If you'll help me, and the Holy Ghost help me, I want to preach the expression of gratitude. The expression of of gratitude would you lift your voice one more time father in jesus name we thank you for your presence we thank you for what we feel now minister through your word and through your servant i thank you for what we have already heard from brother patterson and sister patterson they have ministered to this to the fabric of this church now god i pray you would just continue the flow and the moving of the spirit in jesus name we pray could somebody clap your hands under the lord as you're seated 
Brother Christian is so glad. I'm so glad and it's so good to have you home from Indiana Bible College. You blessed us today. We're glad you're home from Thanksgiving break. It's also good to have my mom and dad here for Thanksgiving break as well. We're glad that they're here in the house. Luke chapter 17 and the verses that I just, I just read gives us an insight into a, it's an insight into a perspective of gratefulness that I believe that we all need to freshly come to an understanding. And since we're in this season, we're in this week of Thanksgiving, I just felt that we could remember how grateful, how wonderful it is to be grateful. One of my pet peeves, and probably some of you, is that we live in a generation where the words, yes, sir, and no, sir, seem to be absent from vocabularies today. It's no, it's huh, yeah, nah. Uh, you know, I was raised by mom and a dad that, Lord, I'd be scared to say, huh? It was, yes, sir. No, sir. It was one of those things when an elder talked or when someone, especially a teacher or Sunday school teacher, school teacher, and uh, to be respectful, that, that's just the minimum we could do. Just be respectful. Yes, sir. No, sir. Look them in the eye. Shake their hand. Be kind. Be generous. There's nothing wrong with just good old-fashioned good conduct, good morals, good, just, I, I just call it good decency. Uh, but there is one word that also just stands out to me is thank you. Thank you is a response to kindness. Ever open a door for a stranger and they just walk right on by you? Don't say hello. They don't say hi, bye, kiss my foot. It just seemed like they don't know the words thank you. But the word thank you needs to be, there needs to be a revival of the word thank you in our vocabulary. Just, just thank you. Well, God, you woke me up this morning. Thank you. God, you put food on my table this week. Thank you. God, you put breath in my body. Thank you. Just little things, little things, little things. They deserve a thank you because you don't understand the blessing of the little things until the little things aren't happening anymore. And the little things are just a faint memory. But also, worship requires the expression of gratitude. Worship is basically saying unto God, thank you. I know we can, we're, we're going to say it with our mouth, but oh, what can be said when we worship him in spirit and in truth for all that he has done for us. Our worship says thank you. It was in Luke chapter 17 that Jesus encounters some very ungrateful folk because he enters into the town. There's 10 men, contagious, Brother Weaver, 
contagious with leprosy. They're probably not going to come to the clinic tomorrow and want some plastic surgery. I don't know if they had one eye, partial nose, maybe two fingers, I, I don't, two toes. I don't know what they had when they showed up to where Jesus were. But this leprosy had caused them to be in a condition that they were not yet quarantined. Maybe they just got a diagnosis. Maybe they just received the doctor's report, you've got leprosy. Maybe it wasn't too distinguishable because they wasn't in a leper colony that we know of. They were not quarantined to a home. or, But they stood, according to the Bible, at a distance. They're a ways off. So they must have seen Jesus or heard that Jesus was passing through. And all they knew to do was to use their mouth that God had created, that God had still left intact, that had not been possessed. See, some of our mouths get possessed with leprosy and we don't even realize. I'm glad the body may have had leprosy, but the mouth did not get leprosy because what the mouth did next was nothing less than miraculous. Jesus, have mercy on us. In other words, I need you to hear me and hear me well. And when you hear me, I need you to heal me. How many know he is the God who not only sees us, but he also hears us. And because he sees us, they did not go unnoticed. You've got 10 men standing in a corner hollering, Jesus, have mercy on us. But when Jesus sees you, and when Jesus hears you, it's an attention that God awaits and says, now I must respond. It was Jesus in his mercy. He, and here's what I find remarkable in the scripture. Jesus didn't ask questions to the ten leprous men. How'd you fellas get leprosy? Who y'all been hanging out with? What'd you do wrong? Who are you hanging out with? Who'd you get too close to? Who rubbed off on you? What would you do? No, no, no. It wasn't a time for questioning. It wasn't a time of having to prove it wasn't a time for you to prove how good you were to get a miracle from Jesus. But Jesus in his mercy says, I need you to get to the priest and show yourself. Now for those of you that don't understand why Jesus told him to do this, the Old Testament law demanded that if a man or a woman had leprosy, they were excommunicated from friends and family. And the only way they were, they were to be given permission or reentry was that someone had to examine their bodies and determine that there was no more leprosy. So Jesus said, I'm going to show you, fellas, that you've been healed. I want you to get to church and show yourself to the priest. Jesus didn't give them a whole lot of instructions. He just told them, go show yourself to the priest. Oh, if there could be some people in our community that could hear the very words that I am preaching right now, their solution to their problem, the sin problem, is found when we show our inadequacies, when we show our failures, when we show the diseased parts of our flesh or our spirit or our 
your soul when you come into the church. You find a safe place. Jesus knew if I can just get them back to the church, if I can just get them back to the face of the priest when he examines them, he will give them permission. I've come in this room today with a word so strong from the Lord that some of you have been walking around and you've tried to excommunicate yourself. You've tried to excommunicate yourself because you've deemed yourself unworthy. Because you've fallen and you've made mistakes and you live under a cloud of condemnation and you've lived under a cloud of despair and you think you've gone out far. You've gone too far from the grace of God. But I rise on this service to tell you, you made it to the house of God. You made it into the sanctuary and you have shown your face to the King of kings and the Lord of lords and your miracle was waiting on you when you got to the church. See, some of your miracles started when you decided to get up out of that bed. Some of your miracles started when you went to that closet and said, let me, get, let, let me find my church clothes. Let me put on this dress. Let me put on this suit. Let me put on this tie. Let me put on these clothes. The Bible says as they went, they were cleansed before they ever got to the church. Before they ever got. To, he was just to prove to them they were cleansed. He was just there to. To basically solidify the miracle, if you will. The Bible says as they went, every step they took, their situation got better. Now, I don't want to get too, some of you may have fought like uh, cats and dogs trying to get here today. Y'all may have had an argument or two trying to get dressed today. And you wonder, I, I don't know how this service can even get any better. I don't ever, I, but the Bible said every step they took, the situation got better. Maybe your hair didn't do what it wanted to do this morning. Maybe the car gave you problems and you noticed something on the way that you hadn't noticed. I don't know what it was, but with every move they made, healing came. Every step forward, they left leprosy and their past behind. When you got into that vehicle this morning, you put that car in reverse or you put it in drive. What you were letting the devil know, I'm putting this thing in for. I'm putting my walk with God. I'm putting my relationship with God in a forward motion. I'm not looking back. I'm not looking back in regret. This guilt and condemnation must leave my mind because I'm created for the miracle that awaits me. As they walk, they realize that things are changing. Things are getting better. They're getting better. You see, when you start walking with God, things do get better. Not only do they get better, and they get better. Two responses are seen from the moment Jesus performed the miracle. Nine of them kept heading to the priests, but one of these lepers says, I can't go that far. I got to run back to Jesus. Your Bible says that with a loud voice, this one leper began praising God and thanking Jesus because of his healing. I want you to get this. On this Sunday after Thanksgiving, he realized that God had been good to him. So much had happened so fast. I'm not what I used to be. And the only thing that I've got to do, and the only thing, I, I can't make it to the church quick enough. I can't get to, I've got to go thank the man 
who just put all this in motion. I've got to open up my mouth and tell the Lord, thank you for what you've done. Now, according to the law, the miracle could not be deemed a miracle and clean bill of health until he went to the priest. But Jesus was the one that was about to do his response. He said, hold up just a minute. Were not there 10 of you? Did not 10 get healed? And you're telling me you're the only one that came back? Where are the other nine? And what Jesus is saying, how could the other nine be the recipients of grace and say nothing? How can the others be blessed of God and keep their mouth closed? How could they have asked me to heal them and not even return thanks? How could they see their healing? Every step they took, another toe grew. Every step they took, another limb. I don't know what they looked like, but as they went, they were healed. How could they see their healing and keep on going? How could you be blessed and not be grateful? How can you receive and sit there so quietly? I call it just good manners. I call it just protocol. I call it the expression of gratitude. It just makes sense when somebody does something good for you, the words out of your mouth ought to be, thank you, Lord. There ought to be a thank you in your spirit. And within the question of Jesus, there's something we must recognize. Thank you should be a natural, unforced expression. You don't have to beg me to say thank you. You don't have to teach me to say thank you. It's just something that comes out of a grateful heart. It's not something that can be manipulated. If I got to manipulate thank you out of you, is it really a thank you? It can't be manufactured. It's something that just comes out of a heart of gratefulness. It's the expression of gratitude. It's reasonable. It's rational. For in Romans 12 and 1, Paul says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Paul, at the end of chapter 11, after getting lost in worship, after stopping and shouting a bit, says, in light of the aforementioned mercies, offer yourself a reasonable a rational choice after all God's done for you. Worship is our expression of gratitude. It just makes sense to me. Worship is thanks in the overflow. Thanks. It don't have to be manipulated. Thanks cannot be stopped. Something should well up inside of us that remembers all that God's done for us. Something ought to demand in you, I better, I better get up and give God some praise today. I better get up and raise my voice. I better get up and rip, lift my hands. I better stand to the attention of the King of kings and the Lord of lords, for he's worthy of all the praise. He's worthy to be praised and magnified. You don't have to answer another prayer, God. Something recognizes that says, thank you, Lord. You see, in the heart of a believer, in the heart of a gratitude, something recognizes God did that. 
God opened that door. Thank you very much. God picked up that check. God, you paid that mortgage. God, you paid that car note. God, you helped me with my mission pledge. I don't know how you did it, but I can tell you God did it. God made a way where there seemed to be no way. And can I tell you, there was a bill that we could not pay. It could not be purchased with silver or gold, but by his precious blood, he purchased us. That ought to get a thank you. Oh, when I was a sinner, he died for me. He washed our lives. He washes our lives every day with the word. Thank you. He sent us the Holy Ghost. Thank you. God did it. Somebody say, God did it. God, can you look back over this past year and you say, God did that. God did that. The Lord has done something for me. And if the Lord did it, if the Lord made a way, if the Lord opened the door, how can I not be grateful and thankful? For a minute or two, I want us to think about the other nine. How could they fail to return and give thanks? One reason might be that they requested healing, but it was not immediate. I'm going to say that again. They wanted healing, but it wasn't immediate. It was not instantaneous. Jesus didn't, you notice in Scripture, he never laid, their hand, he never laid his hands on them. He didn't slay them in the spirit. He didn't blow on them. He didn't take his coat off or robe off and just slay them. No, he didn't do any of that. It happened as they went. It was a progressive miracle. It happened over time. We've got a progressive miracle sitting right now in Nashville, Tennessee. A double lung transplant that we prayed for. Sister Jones, as you went, there was a miracle taking place. As you got in your vehicle and you drove to Vanderbilt Hospital, there was a miracle in the works. Mama, you had to go into the knife and they had to remove a tumor out of your body. We wanted an instantaneous miracle, but he didn't do it. But as you drove to Jeff Anderson Hospital in Meridian, Mississippi, and they were to remove that mass from your body and go through 20 radiation treatments, you sit on a Sunday morning with a praise in your heart knowing as you went, I wish I had two or three that God may have never done an instant miracle, but every day you get up, as you go, as you went, there was a miracle. I don't know when it's gonna happen. I don't know when the manifestation will occur, but the miracle is in your going. It's in your movement. I feel a word, the miracle's in your movement. The miracle's in your movement. It's in your movement. It's in the movement of your mouth. You can't afford to get leprosy in your tongue. 
You can't afford to get leprosy. I'm talking about in the Holy Ghost. You can't afford to get leprosy in your talking. You'll curse everything about you. You'll self-prophesy your destruction when your tongue gets infected. But as long as there's breath in your body and you can open your mouth, I've got to be positive. I've got to speak and declare the word. He'll make a way where there seemeth to be no way. I've never seen the right... I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor a seed begging bread. Every step, I get a little better. Some of you in this room, when you leave every step you take out that door, it's going to be a signal to hell. I'm getting better. I'm getting better. I'm not getting bitter. And the next step, when you get up in the morning, I'm getting better. I'm not getting bitter. I'm going to tell some of you right now, the next step is going to be the best step. I said the next step is going to be the best step because the devil said you would never take. Some of you, the devil said you would never walk back in an apostolic church. Some of you said don't trust the ministry. Don't trust this doctrine. But you walked in it. Your next step is about to be walking on the grave of your enemies. You're about to stomp all over hell. And with a declaration, I'm getting my shout back. I'm getting my dance back with every step. My family will be saved. Every step you take, there's healing. Every step you take is forward motion. Here's where I want to get. Every step you take, and sometimes it's the step out of bed. That's the hardest step for you. Depression's clouded your mind. Hopelessness has come in. And the hardest step, I wish I had a bed as a prop is to throw your feet over the side of the bed and stand up and walk and say, here I am, devil. I'm on my mission again. Could it be those nine lepers when they realized they were healed? They thought it was because of the steps they had taken. I know that's a little twist from what I just preached because every move I made, I got better. Every decision I made turned out right. Every degree I put on the wall. Every sale I closed. Every contract I won. It is possible that we reach a place where you look at the landscape of your life and see all that God has done and confuse it with your steps. Your work ethic. Your connectivity, your entrepreneurial skills, you're climbing up the corporate ladder, you're getting favor on that job, your degree, your, your seniority, you're going back to school, you're making good decisions now, you got the tiger by the tail. It's way too easy to confuse the grace of God with our movements. Those nine thought, man, this is working. Every step I'm taking, I'm getting better. But they didn't remember the expression of gratitude. The expression of gratitude was run back to where the run back to where the miracle originated. 
and give him praise and thanks for what he has done. Can you handle a little bit more? Maybe they thought, oh, maybe they thought they had a right to the blessing. And in this instant, there's one Samaritan. And maybe the others were Galileans because it says they were from the region of Samaria and Galilee. No one else in the story is from Galilee. Jesus was the Galilean transplant. Maybe they convinced themselves. Well, since I'm from Galilee, he's from Galilee. This is what was, he owed that to me. I was raised in the apostolic church. They owe it to me. God owes me. I've been in this all my life and I ain't never done nothing wrong. You better hold on and wait a minute. You ain't done living yet. Your children ain't done living yet either. Well, I, we grew up with Jesus. He ain't nothing but a glorified carpenter. We're from the same side of town. I'm just, I'm just the one who got leprosy. And because they grew up together, could it be that they felt entitled to what God had done for them? I don't deserve. Could it be their attitude? I didn't deserve leprosy, but I deserve healing. This might be hard to hear, but some people are ungrateful because they live and believe they are entitled to the grace of God. Entitlement is so closely related to religiosity. The more religious you are, the more entitled you feel. Come on, Pharisee. Some people feel that if they do enough, then God has to respond. God's not a genie in a bottle. God does what he wants to when he wants to. We can't manipulate or control the God of heaven and earth. Some people feel, I, I'll just do this. Or, and this is, well, I paid my tithes. I gave the missions. God owes this to me. No, you, no, he doesn't. No, he, he doesn't owe us anything. Because we had a bill that we couldn't pay and he purchased it. He bought us. We're not even our own. He bought us with his own blood. Well, if I fast this much and I believe in fasting, get ready. 21 days is coming. I prayed this much. I did this much. I, I run this many. I'm this involved in the church. But sometimes if we're not careful, we can try to manipulate God and remind him that we've done all these things. Now you owe me. I'm just part of that good old boy club. God will owe me some grace. Grace is not earned. It's freely given. Mercy is not owed. Mercy is freely given. Could it be these nine Galileans think they are entitled? But there is one Samaritan. There's one Samaritan. He's an outcast. He knows he's a stranger. He knows that culturally and religiously he is unworthy of Jesus even talking to him. He knows Jesus did not have to. But he did. He didn't have to come. He didn't have to just speak to me. He didn't have to acknowledge me. But he did. I find it another reason to praise God. He didn't have to. But he did. He did some things for me he didn't have to do. There is nothing good in me and that demands it. No. There was nothing I gave that paid for it. I know better. 
you look at me and you say, man, he's got it all together. Man, he's a pastor. He's got a great family. He's a great saint. Your list could go on and on and on. Look at the cars. Look at the house. But I know better. You look at me and say they got it all together, but I know better. If the Lord had not stepped in, I love that special effects. You're right on time. If the Lord had not stepped in, if the Lord had not met me, if the Lord had not found me, if the Lord had not delivered me from myself, I said if the Lord had not delivered me from myself, because I thought I'd been raised in this, it was owed to me. I thought, I mean, I've been raised in this. I was better than everybody. No, 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 no. God has a way of humbling you and reminding you you're nothing but dust. You're nothing but just mere flesh. At your strongest day, you're still flesh. At your weakest day, you're still flesh. At your most powerful moment, you're still flesh. I just wonder if there's anybody besides myself that feels like a Samaritan in this house. God didn't have to wake me up. God didn't have to answer my prayer. God didn't have to bless me with resources. God didn't have to keep my family. Is there anybody here that knows that God didn't have to do anything, but he did it anyway? I said he did it anyway. He isn't blessing me just because I said yes to preaching now almost 30 years ago. He isn't blessing me because God blessed our family to become the pastor of this church almost 14 years ago. He's not blessing me because my wife felt sorry for me and married me almost 27 years ago. See, I know better. I'm living today on prayers of a grandma. I'm living on prayers of a mom and a daddy. I'm living in a generational blessing. I know better. It ain't nothing I've done. It ain't nothing that I put in motion. No, 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 no. He saved me out of his kindness. He saved me out of his mercy. I, I know better. If it had not been for the Lord who was on my side, leprosy would have eaten my life away. My sin, my decisions, my lack of wisdom, my understanding would have led me straight to hell. I ought to be six feet under the ground right now. I said I ought to be six feet under the ground. I ought to have a bullet in my head for some of the things that I've done. I know better. But God reached down when I couldn't reach up. And he said, I, I'll reach down. as You reach as far as you can and I'm going to reach where you can. That one little leper said, I've got to find Jesus and I've got to thank him. And I feel like that's what's about to settle in this room right now. Some of you walked in here today and musicians now can come. The only thing that little man needed to do was find the one who is responsible for his miracle and with a loud voice begin to praise him. Praise went beyond a thought and went into action. Thanksgiving is not just meditation. A grateful heart never exemplifies itself with a closed mouth. If you know God did what God didn't have to do, and if you know that if it would not, it would have gotten worse had God not intervened. 
If you know that you got where you are because God helped you, then at some moment, your mouth ought to open to reflect and speak. There ought to be a hallelujah raised in your vocal cords. There ought to be something that would escape the roof of your mouth that says, thank you, Lord. At some moment in the next few, your hands ought to stand to attention. The Bible says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. There's a moment when you just got to tell God, thank you. It's the expression of gratitude. Well, pastor, you don't understand. I know. That's not my personality. Some of y'all's personalities got tested last night. I'm going to just keep preaching. I'm not looking at anybody. But your personality should not dictate your praise. Your personality should not dictate your response to the God of heaven and earth. The God that put this frame into order. Put, breathe life into this body. Put life into us. And has caused me to live and have my being. God never said praise him according to your personality. You praise him according to his ex. You praise him according to his excellent greatness. His excellent greatness. His, not my, his excellent greatness. Well, I'm just not an emotional problem. If you understood that God paid for everything that you're doing, if he, if he paid the healing for your body with the stripes on his back, God paid for it. And as any decent human being, if somebody pays for something and you don't have to pay for it, the first thing out of your mouth ought to be, thank you. Thank you. If he purchased salvation, being the spotless lamb slain before the foundation of the world, and we did not have to become the sacrifice, there ought to be a thank you. That's what this one man caught. He caught it. He caught it. I've got to go back and I've got to thank him. But the miracle of all miracles, and I'm skipping about five pages of notes that I can't even get to. The miracle of all miracles is when he returned. Something transitioned in that man. Because of thanks, God did not just heal him. He made him whole. Now, I don't know in detail what all that means. I don't know if that had to deal with the mind. I don't, his body seemed to have been, as they went, the leprosy was healed. I don't know it was, if the feelings or emotions that deal with that, you know, you can receive a miracle, but you still, you can still be saved and you still deal with mental anguish. You can still deal with certain things after salvation. But there's something happens within the heart and the expression of gratitude. God says, I'm, gonna, I'm just not going to take care of the, the physical. But I'm going to take care of the emotional. I'm going to take care of the mental. I'm going to take care of the spiritual as well. I'm going to make you whole again. Here's what I believe. I believe, please give me latitude. 
I believe God performed the miracle that placed him as though he was just created by God. He was whole, unblemished, had no past, had a future that awaits, but he was in a state of mind. I'm whole, I'm complete. I have my mind set. I have my flesh. I have my body now healed. My mind is set. I'm now ready to walk back into my community and not hold my head. And when the thing, didn't you have leprosy last week? Aren't you supposed to be quarantined? Aren't you supposed to be, you, you can't go. There was a confidence that was bred into that man on the other side of his expression of gratitude. And that's what I feel is going to happen. That some of you are about to step out of your seats. Some of you are going to step out of your seat and the hardest step you'll take is the first one. But it's in the steps. Not that you're doing in and of yourself. But it's in what God's speaking to you as you take one step at a time. God's going to begin to deal with that fractured home. God's going to begin to deal with that mind. God's going to begin to deal with that depression. God's going to begin to deal with those situations that you've tried to deal with all on your own. But your expression of gratitude is what's going to breathe fresh wholeness into you. Your wholeness, your completeness, the fulfillment and satisfaction in living for God is on the other side of your expression of gratitude. And it's just simply, thank you, Lord. The power of a thank you. Brother Shane, you're a testimony of the grace of God. You went to MD Anderson and they did surgery. You've took treatment. God's been good to you. Thank you, Lord. Brother Mark, you should have had open heart surgery. But God said, no, it's not bad enough. Thank you, Lord. Brother Dodd, the last several weeks have been very trying for you. Picked up several times thinking death was imminent. Thinking it would be today. But God said, not today, it ain't my time. Thank you, Lord. My dad had a heart attack in Sarah Land. Many years ago, he was in church. Come to find out it was a heart attack. The man of God prayed the prayer of faith. Heart attack in church. Pastor Charles Shearer was still pastoring. And when they went in, they looked at the valve. And the valve had been shut. They couldn't understand it. They couldn't put the medical terminology. Could not explain really what happened. It was capped off. Which should have been fatal. Thank you, God. The list could go on and on. The list could go on and on. But as you stand all over this house, do I have anyone that if you look back over your life, that you would be like the little Samaritan? Not like the Galileans, but the Samaritan. The one who came back and was made whole. Your wholeness is going to be in your steps. Your wholeness is going to be as you walk to this front. Your wholeness is going to be as you walk to this front. And God begins to make a beautiful picture out of your life. Is there one? Is there more? 
I thank God my foot is on the rock and my mind's made up. I thank God for every person who encouraged me along the way. I thank God for handfuls of purpose that God just left me along the way. Come on, Ruth. God left the, the fields for you. He left the corners for you. And he sustained you until your moment with Boaz and destiny presented itself. Sometimes you make it on ravens. Sometimes you make it by a brook. Sometimes you make it by a widow. But at the end of the day, an expression of gratitude promotes you to the next level of provision. Where are you right now? And where you are right now ought to be an expression of gratitude that sets in motion what happens next into your life. What's happening next for you? What's happening next for your family? Does anybody want to give God some praise in this place? I can't leave without praising Him. I can't leave without worshiping Him. I'm thankful for what He's done. I will sing of the goodness.